When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Terra Nova. Hello, and welcome to the Terra Nova podcast. My name is Sarah Belpedio, and I am going to be your host. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for tuning in today for our first episode. It truly means the world to me to have this opportunity to share my story and my vision for the world with you all. And to really start to build a community around the topics that we're going to be discussing on this podcast. And as you may have figured out by now, so, you know, we're calling the the focus of this podcast the evolution of humanity. And so it's quite a broad topic, of course, it it really encompasses life itself and, and what it what it means to be a human here on earth um, in this day and age. And we're going to dive deep into really this moment in time and what we're being called as, as you know, the human race to, to do and to solve in the, the future that we're trying to create. Um, so again, thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to all of the amazing conversations we're going to have on here. We're going to be having lots of amazing guests from just across the spectrum, from science to soul, and I'm really looking forward to sharing these these conversations with all of you. But for today, I am going to kick us off by just sharing a little bit about my story. Um, And I will say that I'm not exactly sure, you know, what, I'm just going to kind of let it flow today and and, you know, whatever is meant to be shared will be shared, Um, but I have a feeling that I'm going to be kind of revisiting my story and kind of progressively revealing, um, you know, different, different parts of my story as this podcast, as this podcast progresses. Um, But for today, I'll go ahead and just get started at the top. Um, 
So for those of you who do not know me, I my name is Sarah Belpedio, and I was born and raised in sunny San Diego, California, one of my favorite places on earth. And I was born to two Baha'i parents. Uh, my dad comes from an Italian-American family. He very much grew up in a, a working class background. Um, both of his, his dad worked at Sears. His mom worked in a cafeteria and lived a, a very, I would say, normal normal middle, or middle class, working class background growing up in Los Angeles, California. And he grew up in a in the Roman Catholic faith. His sister actually ended up becoming a nun and and so this was the you know the religion and the beliefs that he was raised in. But when he turned 28 years old, he found the Baha'i faith and ended up converting to become a Baha'i. And I think it's really funny that he, I just kind of put the, these things together, that he actually converted to become a Baha'i during his Saturn return, which is the phase that I'm actually going through right now. So I just thought that was was very interesting and actually makes a lot of sense. And for those of you who aren't familiar with what a Saturn return is, we will touch a little bit on that on um, in future episodes. So my dad joined the Baha'is um, his, in his late 20s, and my mom didn't grow up super religious, but actually her mom and brother and sister ended up converting to become Baha'is as well in her early 30s. And my parents met at a, at a Baha'i gathering. And the reason I share this bit on, on the Baha'is, and, and again, this podcast is not just going to be focused on, on spirituality, it's, um, it's going to be focused, like I said, on, on really the breadth of the human experience. But the reason I wanted to share this bit about, about the Baha'i faith is because um, even though I haven't necessarily identified myself as a religious person for most of my life, the principles of the Baha'i faith are really beautiful. They're, they're very in line with a lot of these new age ideas that started coming out in the 60s. And um, they're very deeply you know, ingrained in me and, and really contributed to my worldview and how I understood the world and understood our role as humans. And so I wanted to start off by just sharing a little bit about the faith today. And I think we actually might have a whole episode on the Baha'i faith just because they're, like I said, even from a non-religious perspective, there are a lot of, there's a lot of really interesting information um, that are, that are shared through the principles. I, I'm hoping that maybe we can convince um, one of America's most famous Baha'is, Rain Wilson, to come on the podcast. Um, he, as I, yeah, as I said, he's, he's a Baha'i and um, plays a pretty active role in trying to share the principles and the tenets of the faith with the broader audience. Um, and, you know, of course, for all of my Office fans out there, would be super awesome to have Rain on the podcast. So just kind of putting that out into the universe and uh, hopefully we can convince him to, to come on and share a little bit more. Um, but for today, I just kind of wanted to quickly run through some of these principles and then I'll kind of pull together um, 
some of these these ideas and relate them into really what like again what what Terra Nova is about. Um, so the first one is independent investigation of truth, and this is so important and truly foundational for this Terra Nova community as well. And so essentially what this means is that every single person needs to investigate what truth is for them. What is your truth? We live in a society where we are kind of taught to look outside of ourselves for answers and we kind of are taught that other people know what's best for us or what what's right for us. And I think this is actually potentially very dangerous thinking. Um, the thing that I have really come to understand and trust over the last few years is that I am the only person who knows what is right for me. I am the only person that knows what is true for me. And so I, I love this principle so much. And I think especially as we, you know, we're living in this in this age of extremely confusing information, information, misinformation, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so I think it's extra important that we start to cultivate the the skill and, and tools that we need to kind of decipher what what our personal truth is and be able to to protect that as well. The second principle is the elimination of prejudice of every kind. And this is such a beautiful principle as well and something again I think is more important than ever. We are living in a time where the narratives that are being presented to us are are very divisive and it seems almost increasingly divisive um, and it's it's really a time for us to reconnect um, you know with with who we are our personal truths our personal values and seek to eliminate prejudice within us and and you know emanate that out into the world as well the third principle is the oneness of humanity, and this is another core principle that I would say applies to the Terra Nova community. So this is really the understanding that humans, you know, we all evolved from the same lineage. We and we have, you know, the science to understand this as well now, the evolutionary science to understand this, but we truly are all part of one big human family. There is only one race and it's the human race. Um, and the Baha'is truly believe that we need to not only understand this, but start treating others, um, treating others like, like they are family. It it's, may sound pretty basic, but I mean, I think a lot of the the answers to the problems that we face are, are actually very, very basic truths. Um, so the oneness of humanity. The fourth principle is um, essentially the oneness of all world religions. So the Baha'is believe that all world religions stem from the same source. Um, you could say the same God, the same 
life force energy, um, you know, really whatever you want to call it. I'll just call it the same source. And the thing that's kind of cool about this is that essentially the Baha'is believe in the progressive revelation of God. And so the way I guess I can describe this is that um, all of the, the major world religions and, you know, you could call them founders or, or whatever you want to call them, Moses, Jesus, Krishna, Buddha, Baha'u'llah, all, all of them, um, Zoroaster, they all were messengers of this, you know, this, this God, this source energy. Um, and the reason they can't kind of come in this, in this progressive revelation is to keep up with human evolution. So I think this idea is super cool because essentially it's like we are, we are exposed to, or we learn of these, um, you know, these new religion, these new religions, these new messages from, from the source to kind of keep up with humanity and, and guide our, our moral evolution and our spiritual evolution. Five, we, one of the other principles is that religion should cause love, affection, and joy. Um, I won't dive too much into this one, but I think, you know, we all certainly know that religion has been used to divide and conquer, to turn humans against one another, um, to instill fear in people, um, and that really is, is not the intention behind religion, of course. Um, so the sixth principle is the harmony of science and religion. And this principle in and of itself is, is one of the inspirations that, that I had for creating this podcast. Um, so the Baha'is believe that science and religion are complementary not contradictory. And in our culture, typically we kind of see religion and science as these two opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, but in reality, they're two sides of the same coin and they, we kind of, one needs the other in order to kind of be the, the highest expression of, of each of those, those beliefs. Um, and so this whole idea, I mean, the whole idea for the podcast really is to integrate the science and the spirituality of the soul um, together into a more cohesive way and understand how people can bring these two systems together to, you know, really reconnect with who they are and why they're here. Um, some of the other principles that I wanted to share for today, just because, again, they have really guided my, my personal journey, um, gender equality. So I have been a feminist since as, for as long as I can remember. My dad has just been like the most awesome girl dad. Um, he has always, you know, really, really believed in me and and told me that I could do, you know, whatever I, whatever I wanted. And gender equality, the, the status of women has been something that I've always been very keenly aware of and has really disturbed me for a very long time. Um, and I'll dive a little bit deeper into 
how, um, you know, this has kind of manifested into my studies and my career. Um, but this is, is something that has been incredibly important to me and really a major focus of my life for so long. Um, and, and so, like I said, I'll, I'll share a little bit more about how this ties into my story later on. Um, but I did want to share that the Baha'is believe that not only men and women are equal, but that it is also the responsibility of men to help elevate women to equal status. And there is a really beautiful poem that essentially says that, and I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially that, you know, men and man and woman are, you know, they're two wings of the bird, two wings on a bird. And both of them need to be of, of equal strength in order for the bird to fly. And I, I just love that image so much. And I think it's so beautiful and, and really so true and so important. Um, so, you know, just the discussion around women and our evolving role in, in, you know, society and also, you know, related to this topic in the evolution of humanity and kind of where we're going will be a, a core component. A couple other principles I will finish off with. Um, one is the abolition of the extremes of wealth and poverty. And that this principle is probably more more timely than ever. Um, I won't dive too much into it right now, but I, I just wanted to share it because I do think that's something that is is very important to, you know, the, the conversation that we're going to be having. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And the final one is human rights for all. And I wanted to end with this one because it truly, um, it truly just exemplifies like something that has, human rights has been something that has been deeply, deeply integrated into the core of my being for as long as I can remember. Um, and it's, it's also part of this podcast is is really redefining, you know, what are human rights? What what rights do we think we we deserve and and we need in order to, you know, thrive in this world. So, we'd just like to end on that on that final note of human rights for all. So, why do I share these principles with you? Well, this is just to kind of give you a, a better understanding of the worldview that I come from and paint a, a bit of a picture for you of, of my, my childhood and kind of how I saw the world. So, I was raised, you know, with, with these principles in mind, but my, my lived experience was quite different. I went to school and, um, you know, lived my, my life as a child. And as I continued to learn more about the world I was living in, I, I realized that these principles that I, I learned about from my parents and, you know, at, at Baha'i gatherings were, 
I wasn't really seeing those manifest in the reality that I that I was experiencing. And this caused me a lot of confusion and also a lot of frustration. I always sought to essentially change the world. <laughs> like it sounds, maybe it sounds, um, you know, a little cheesy or, or whatever, but when, when people asked me what I, I wanted to do when I was a kid, I, I would say change the world. And that's because I think having these principles in mind, I, I saw that a better world was possible. And I also was experiencing that the world we were living in was causing a lot of, a lot of sadness and a lot of trials for, for people and that people, people really weren't, weren't feeling alive. And again, this is something that I kind of have been aware of for a long time and it caused me to be a very serious kid. I've always been, I would say, pretty serious because I've felt the weight of the world. I have felt just, you know, how how people are feeling. I've I've self-identified as an empath for many years now, but over the last year have really started to understand what this means in greater detail. And essentially, it means that I, I have been viscerally experiencing the, the emotions and the energy of, of the collective. And this experience has really taught me that humans are really struggling right now. We're living in this crazy modern world and we really haven't been able to keep up. Um, I'm going to be talking a little bit more about that in a future episode, diving a little bit deeper into just like literally the history of human evolution starting, you know, millions of years ago, because I think we we tend to focus just on, you know, uh, the what we have as, as written history, which is really just a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of time that humans have been on this planet. Um, and so I think it's super important to broaden our perspective and understand on a kind of like in greater detail how we got here. And that's more than just, you know, the last 3000 years of history. It, it, it extends far, far beyond that. So this was the kind of stuff that I was thinking about when I was a kid. <laughs> and um, obviously, I mean, maybe not obviously, but it, at least in my experience, this these were not the thoughts that most kids were having. And for that reason, I, I really never identified with the other kids as much. When we had family gatherings and dinners, I would always resent being put at the kids' table because I always wanted to be with the adults talking about politics and the state of the world and current events. Um, so I've always been kind of very different in that sense, and adults always commented that I was very mature for my age. I have been called an old soul more times than I can count, and I resonate with that deeply, and we'll dive a little bit more into some of the details of that in a future episode. Um, 
but yeah, so, so as a kid, I, I was still really feeling the weight of these, these questions and wanting to seek answers. I literally, like, I didn't want to talk about regular kid stuff. I, even in conversations with adults, I, I wanted to talk about the meaning of life. And that was very, um, kind of off-putting to adults because I, I think I tend to kind of ask these, these deeper probing questions that sometimes people, they, they don't really want to, want to talk about this stuff. They kind of want to keep, you know, just moving on with their lives and, and not not sit with these these hard questions and these hard truths but i've i've really never been afraid of going there i've i've always kind of been comfortable sitting with the discomfort sitting in the darkness um and that is i mean a pretty typical scorpio trait i have sun and moon in scorpio and four planets in scorpio so um understanding a little bit more about about that really has helped me understand this desire to really confront some of these these deep dark truths about humanity because I understand that when we continue to let these these questions and these things just kind of sit in the dark um they they fester and they they manifest into things that are not so great um, but when we're able to go down into the depths and, and confront these truths, they end up actually not being so scary and we're able to, to bring some light to these things and, and also just really gain a lot of wisdom from that. That is something that I have really, really started to deeply understand over this past year in particular is I've been able to trust that on the other side of struggle is wisdom and clarity and more joy than we have experienced before. And so over the course of my life, I've been able to really trust that even when I'm struggling, I'm going through a hard thing, I'm sitting with a hard truth, that on the other side is going to be something more beautiful, more magical than I've ever experienced before. And so that's really kind of tying into like what I view as as part of my larger purpose here on earth is to help us have some of these really difficult conversations about, you know, the state of our world, the state of humanity, so we can move on. So we can move into this beautiful, bright future um, that I, I know is coming into Terra Nova. Um, but we, we, need to, we need to sit with some of these hard truths rather than continuing to avoid them um, in order to, you know, evolve as, as a human species and in order to move into the world that we, that we want, you know, move into the future that we want. We are continuously evolving whether we are conscious or aware of it or not. And so, Really, the, the purpose of this podcast is to inspire us to all kind of take a more active, a more conscious role in our own personal evolution as individuals and our collective evolution as humanity. So looping back around to my story, 
When I was 11 years old, my mom got diagnosed with cervical cancer, and shortly after my 12th birthday, she passed away. And this, of course, was one of the most pivotal moments of my life, um, but not for the reasons that you may think. Of course, now living a life without a mom and not having that, you know, that guidance, that motherly guidance and that, you know, role missing from my life was a huge part of it. But um, the whole experience in and of itself was rather unusual or um, at least not what you would necessarily, what's portrayed in, in the media after a parent dies. So I really wanted to share this. Um, and you know it's a little it's a little hard for me to share of course i haven't shared this story with the the whole world before so <laughs> please be patient with me as i kind of navigate through it but i think it's it's really important and um will help you just understand again some of these lessons that i've been learning throughout my life and how they've brought me to where i am now so when my mom died i I was sad, of course, but I wasn't, there was part of me that, that was happy. And this may make some of you feel uncomfortable, um, but really what, what I've now realized after, you know, years of sitting with this, because I, I sat with a lot of guilt around not being completely distraught by my mother's death for a long time. Um, but this really was the first time in my life that I felt free. Like I had freedom to choose who I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. Up until this moment in time, uh, my mom had really controlled everything about my life. Um, she was a lovely human being, but she really struggled with a lot of mental health issues um, when she was here on Earth. She struggled with depression, she struggled with anxiety, she struggled with obsessive compulsive disorder, she struggled with her weight and body image issues and um, all sorts of all sorts of other issues related to spending money and and um, also hoarding possessions as well. And so, as an empath, um, being around a parent who had such intense um, emotional waves was really destabilizing, and it it was really hard for me. Um, in many ways, throughout my life, I've felt as though I've been the parent to to both of my parents, and in, in some ways. Um, and so some of this kind of obsessive behavior that she had um, really manifested into control. And so that was, today I'll focus more on me, um, but in my life that really meant controlling every single thing that I did. She wanted the best for me. 
that is that is there's no doubt about that um but this obsessive behavior really um you know manifested into perfectionism and these impossible standards that nobody could meet and so i've i've said in the past that in many ways it kind of felt like i had a job from you know, when I was super young because she put me in so many extracurriculars and I was always studying and doing extra tutoring and, and there, it really didn't leave very much time for me to just be a kid and explore and figure out who I was and, and what I was interested in and what I wanted to do. Um, so it, yeah, it's been, it's been a really interesting process kind of reflecting back on my childhood from this point of view. I recently, over the, I guess it was probably three years ago now, started working with a therapist who um, pretty much told me that the behavior I was describing technically would qualify as abuse. And so there was a lot of trauma that I, you know, experienced not just from her death, but also uh, before she died, just being the, the child of somebody who has mental health issues. And um, one of the reasons I hope to share this story is because I think it's it's actually a lot more common than we probably think. Um, mental health issues, of course, in this country have just skyrocketed, which is something that we're going to dive deep into in this podcast and and start presenting some, you know, some options for people who are struggling with mental health issues. Of course, I mean, highlighted and exacerbated by the pandemic and the world we're living in. So um, dealing with mental health and trauma will be a huge focus of this podcast. So this, this whole experience of my mom passing away and then me having the freedom to explore life kind of for the first time on my own was very liberating. I was always a very independent child, very passionate about life and all of the things that I was interested in. I don't think I mentioned before, but I'm actually also an only child, so I spent a lot of time alone and a lot of time thinking about about you know the state of the world and and you know all the stuff we've been talking about um but it was also confusing for me when my mom passed away because i didn't really have another you know a sibling to kind of validate my experience and so it was very it was a very strange experience because i also you know as an empath was receiving a lot of attention and a lot of other people's feelings projected onto me uh, based on my mother's death. And that in and of itself was really uncomfortable for me, honestly, because people kept looking to me, you know, oh, poor Sarah, whatever. But on the inside, I was like kind of excited about this new life that I was just starting. And I, I, the reason that I think I, I want to dive a little deeper into, into this whole liberation thing and how I was really able to rationalize this, because I understand for some people this might kind of sound a little, a little crazy. Um, but I think the reason that I was able to handle my mom's death so I mean, I don't want to say, well, I don't think there's, you know, a good or a bad way to handle a death, but um, when she passed, I had this 
internal sense that she was going to be doing me more good on the other side. That she did all that she could in her life that she had here on Earth to be the best mom that she could be. And she did. She was the best mom that she could be. Just because, you know, she may have, you know, not been maybe the mother that I I needed all of the time, she did the best she could at the time with the resources that she had. That's the really important thing I think we need to start to understand when we're thinking about trauma in our childhood. Um, Part of my quest is to really destigmatize trauma. I know there are a lot of amazing resources out there and we're starting to hear talk about trauma a lot more in the national dialogue, but we all need to kind of just accept that no matter what our childhood was like, we experience trauma. Every single person on this planet experiences trauma. And we, we need to start talking about it, one, but we also need to start um, empowering people with more resources and more tools um, to kind of unpack this trauma so we don't carry it with us for the rest of our lives and then, you know, pass it, pass it down to our, our children, our communities, our partners. Um, my personal belief, and I think this, I mean, it's not even a personal belief, this is also based in psychology, but when we don't deal with our own trauma, we pass it on to the people around us. That's just, that's just how it works. And so it's no badge of honor to keep all of your trauma, you know, down on the inside. You're not helping yourself and you're also not helping those around you because it will come out, whether you're aware of it or not, it will be projected onto onto those around you. But returning back to the story about my mom a little bit, so I, I had this innate sense that she was going to be essentially being a better parent to me on on the spirit in the spirit world and ever since i've had this knowing that whenever something good happens in my life that somehow she's behind it and this sense has only started to grow and grow and grow and in a future episode i will talk a little bit more about our our relationship and how we've really been able to to cultivate this beautiful relationship, um, you know, more recently. And so, um, like I said, I'll dive a little bit deeper into that in the future. But the other thing I wanted to return to um, was that right after my mom died, I had this innate sense that that was when that was when I really understood that everything happens for a reason. And this simple truth is something that has guided my life ever since. It's allowed me to find meaning in struggle, and it's allowed me to also tap into this higher level awareness of kind of a a higher order of things. Um, These higher principles, these higher values that govern our lives, our world, the universe. and this might be a little off-putting to some of you. I, I ask that you kind of stay open-minded through this conversation because, again, this is just my personal story that I'm, I'm sharing with you. But this idea that everything happens for a reason has essentially enabled me to 
always find a silver lining in something or always find meaning in something that seems so wrong or so um, just so difficult, so challenging. I've always been able to like unearth the lessons from that experience of suffering or struggling or whatever it is. Well, I think I'm going to wrap it up for today. We've touched on a lot of really heavy topics, and I, I just want to allow you all to have some time to sit with some of the, the information that I shared today, but I, I just wanted to close out by thanking you for listening to my story, and I hope that it serves as an inspiration for you to start thinking about your story if you have not already. Our story is, is how we, we reconnect with our truth, our, our inner truth, and our truth will set us free. I don't know who said that. I think they said the truth will set you free, but I'm going to just update it and say that your truth will set you free. And by me doing all of this self-reflective work and really reclaiming my story, it has brought me so much clarity and so much more ease in my life. I really did not realize how much grief and and just, um, you know, guilt I was carrying around in regards to my story and, and my past. And the thing I, I just want to remind you all is that we, all the stuff that I'm sharing today, like sure, this is my unique story, but this is a fundamental part of the human experience. We all have hard things that we're, that we've experienced, that we're working through, and part of the reason I, I wanted to create this community is, like I said, for us to have a safe space for us to share all of this, to bring it up and get it out and shine the light on it and be like, wait, actually, this stuff isn't so scary. There's like tons of amazing wisdom and like really cool stuff here. So um, maybe this this episode was um, a little challenging for some people, but I, I want to end really on a high note and say, even though some of the stuff I shared today was was hard and, and difficult, um, my kind of MO is is taking the hard stuff and and realizing that it actually can be fun. I mean, maybe not fun, but it can be liberating um, and it can bring you joy and it can bring you peace and it can bring you self-acceptance. And so there's so much power in your story. So, so, so much power in your story. And I believe that it's, it's also not only one of the most powerful things we can do for ourselves. it is one of the most powerful things that we can do to, to share and inspire others as well, to share with others and to inspire others as well. Um, there is so much wisdom to be gained from our stories, and we need that wisdom for where we're going. Like I said, the future I see is bright. I know it may be hard for some of you to see that right now with everything that's going on in the world, but I promise that I'm going to show you. I'm going to bring you along. I'm going to show you that it's not so scary. We're just going through this transformational time right now where all of this 
deep, dark stuff is being unearthed and we're really forced to confront these, this darkness. But this is all part of the process. Um, and so some people may look at it from, you know, the world is ending, it's the apocalypse, but I personally am viewing it as the beginning of the new world, the beginning of Terra Nova. So I am so, so grateful again that you all, um, if you're still listening, I'm so grateful that you, you stuck around for my story. And like I said, this is only part one. Um, I, I, there's a lot more to my story. So, um, stay tuned if you're, if you're, um, you know, interested in, and learning a little bit more about how I got to where I am right now. And then, of course, we're going to really dive into, um, you know, what this community is all about and start bringing on some really incredible guests. Um, but thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for tuning in today. Um, if you have not already, I invite you to find me on Instagram. It's Tara underscore Nova underscore pod. And you can also check out my website, sarabelpedio.com. If you are in the Austin area, we are actually hosting some really fun in-person events. We're going to be hosting a human design salon. We're going to be hosting Soulful Sundays, where we'll have the opportunity to reconnect with body and soul before the beginning of the week. And we're also going to be hosting Sunday dinner, which I'm super excited about for all of those who know me. They know how much I love cooking. Cooking is such a passion of mine and being able to nourish others with yummy, healthy food and community is, is just, it really lights my soul on fire. So if you're in the Austin area, we would love to see you in person and have you join our in-person community here. Um, so you can go ahead and find more info on that on my website at sarabelpedio.com. Thank you so much for joining today. I cannot wait to see how this community grows. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Electric acid. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. 
Tantra Cast.